Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to brave the wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Audible, Stitcher, Double Twist. Thank you once and always for downloading and listening, and it is a great pleasure to have you joining me once again today. The Minnesota Wild enter the postseason. We will preview the NHL postseason. Minnesota Wild will phase off against the Vegas Golden Knights, Sunday afternoon. That's right. It was the matchup. We all kind of had a feeling what's going to happen the whole year. And then it's like, okay, no, it's going to be Colorado, I guess. Colorado is going to take that because Vegas was going to win the division. Oh, my God. We might actually have home ice over Colorado in the first round. Ah, no, scratch that. St. Louis kicked our ass like three or four games in a row or something like that. That's what it felt like. But yeah, it just wasn't good, especially the last two games. But, uh, you know, Wild finished in third place with a very strong record, and momentum's not looking so hot, but uh, still, (laughs) it is what it is. You had to kind of get out of there without getting hurt, playing Parisi instead of uh, guys like Kaprizov and Fiala, of course. Yeah, it's just funny, though, Parisi, what he was and how much he's still getting paid and not that long ago what he was and it's just he's he's the guy in there to uh you know prevent other guys from getting hurt isn't isn't that the darndest thing you ever saw but yeah that's kind of how the tune-up was we're not going to really review the game since the last episode apologize it's been a while i could have done one last weekend i actually had more time off last weekend to do it but i was like you know what screw it these games are kind of like you know wrapping things up and then we can get on to postseason conversation against the Colorado Evel, uh, excuse me, the Vegas Golden Knights, I guess. So that's kind of how things set up there. Overall, a decent series, and we only played Vegas eight times this year. It was a you know entertaining matchup to say the least, and all that very epic, very entertaining matchup between these clubs. Sunday afternoon, we open things up, NBC, and all that. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Got to think this is going to be a six or seven game series, win, lose, or, well, win or lose. It's going to be a six or seven game series. I'd be shocked if this was five or less uh, one way or another. Uh, It's going to be an awesome series. Awesome. Uh, Both teams have good goalies. Obviously, you have good goaltending. The Minnesota Wild going into this series, though, I can't say I'm as confident in the goaltending as I was, uh, you know, a couple weeks back, a couple months back. Obviously, a couple months, but a couple weeks back. 
couple months ago, I was like, oof, like, this is great. Cam Talbot, did we play him too much? Did he get worn out? Or is he just kind of coming back to the means, so to speak? Uh, I don't know. And Kakinen, was he underplayed? A lot of people, oh, he was, you know, he gets tired. You know, Pat Micheletti made one of the worst statements I've ever heard him make. Pat Micheletti is usually pretty good. I, I think he made a little error there. Luckily, Brandon, Mel- Brandon Molesky kind of was like, oh, actually, it's the other way around. It was kind of like this. No, lad. I'm afraid it's the other way around. Yeah, it's the other way around. Uh, Kakinen wasn't playing enough. Goaltenders that come back after long layoffs usually aren't real good. Even Talbot, when he came back from his injury, he gave up five goals to the Arizona Coyotes, a team we pretty much owned all season. So, speaking of giving up five goals and stuff, that's kind of what's been a problem in the last several games. Uh, five goals given up against the Knights. The second last time we played them in an absolutely epic game. Felt like Game 7 of the Cup uh, Finals or Game 7 of the Western Conference Finals or the first round or second, you know, just a playoff series. And then an epic 3-2 to two loss. Very good matchup uh, overall. In the two, luckily, the Wild swept Anaheim and then got swept by St. Louis. There's one team in this division that I fear most. And I mean, there's one team. We talked about Colorado. We talked about Vegas. And you talk about Minnesota and St. Louis. There's one team I fear the most in a playoff series for the Minnesota Wild. That's the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, the team with 63 points. The team with 12 less points than the Minnesota Wild. I fear the St. Louis Blues a lot more than I fear Vegas and Colorado. And I fear Vegas and Colorado. Oh, yeah. And I kind of got a feeling the worm is turning a bit with Vegas. A lot of us are like, oh, we've owned Vegas. We've dominated them. And then let's talk about how the Minnesota Wild have been, you know, we have a, we've we've never, like, really lost to Vegas. They, like, say 3-0-1 or whatever, something like that. But overtime losses count in as a loss in the playoffs. There's no overtime loss. You don't get a point in the postseason. A loss is a loss. So that's actually a loss. You've been beaten. So let's not <laughs> get silly here. Obviously, overtime losses are still losses, especially in the postseason. Tell that to the uh, tell that to the Columbus Blue Jackets last year in Game One against Tampa Bay, where that was a historic moment for the Tampa Bay Lightning, where Columbus could have owned them back to back years. It would have effed up everything. That triple overtime game where uh, Tampa Bay finally scored, and then they took control of that series, and things kind of uh, changed after that for Tampa. They weren't exactly playoff chokes anymore, were they? Sure, they lost Game 1 to Dallas, but then after that, well, who won the Stanley Cup? It was Tampa. Um, Amazing, one amazing stat you could think about, the Minnesota Wild have the same point total as the Tampa Bay Lightning. Very impressive, 75. Colorado officially wins the President's Trophy, even though they have the same uh, point total as the Vegas Golden Knights, but the tiebreaker goes to the Colorado Avalanche. Congratulations on the President's Trophy, and, well, they might wind up like a lot of President's Trophy teams losing in the first round because the St. Louis Blues are not going to be an easy out at all. That's going to go six or seven, but we'll talk about that in the second segment. As I'm figuring, we're going to preview Vegas and Minnesota. I'm getting ahead of myself. Vegas and Minnesota, just too excited to talk about everything. It's going to be all about Vegas and Minnesota here in segment number one. And, of course, getting caught up in some transactions and such. And then it'll be all wall-to-wall postseason uh, predictions and such in segment number two. I don't anticipate that segment being super long. In fact, I almost could just keep this as a two-segment show. That's probably a better idea. I've been debating back and forth. I'm kind of weird that way, where I kind of change my mind on the fly. Segment number two or three, we'll say. We'll just say segment two, I think, is going to be the... Um, Fan interaction segment. Tom Hayen makes his return. Lightning round. Derek Felska. Awesome. I am just really pumped about the uh, fan interaction segment. It is 
freaking cool. We're going to talk about Parisi and such going into the postseason. The odds of Zach Parisi playing in this series are not real high because it's just kind of is what it is. He's out of the lineup now. <sighs> Sad to think about Luke Johnson on the left wing, though. On the, I don't know. This can't be right, can it? No, I, I can't imagine. Um, I don't know. But uh, the most recent situation has had uh, Eck, Felino, and Greenway. No, this is wrong. This is this is just the last game, so that's not going to be the lines. I don't know why they're showing that. I wish they didn't. Um, now that obviously will be the line. That will be that line. But of course, Parisi's not going to be with uh, Johansson and Hartman. Very unlikely, because uh, you're talking about Fiala and <laughs> Fiala and such. Obviously, Rask and Zuccarello are going to be with uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Benino is paired up very nicely on that fourth line with Storm. Uh, there was Parisi with him at times. That could be the case. Otherwise, Bukestad, the bugler, will be on the right side. Uh, Benino on the left with Storm at center. That's most likely going to be your fourth line. You're not going to see Rao and Johnson. They're going to be the taxi men along with uh, Zach Parisi. Can't even imagine that. <laughs> it's kind of a scary thought. Uh, Johansson, i got to think Marcus Johansson with his scanning ability and his history. Obviously, he's got a chance to be pretty valuable in this postseason, despite the fact his numbers were not all that exciting, not all that sexy. <laughs> Going into the previous, uh, I mean, going into, you know, earlier in the regular season, not all that sexy numbers, only 14 points in 36 games. Obviously was hurt in, uh, for a while and also had a, just a horrendous start to the season. Carson Susie, very amazing statistics in the season when it comes to the uh, uh, plus 22 on the air. The plus minus in the NHL is more, it's just, it's more important, I think, than the plus minus in the NBA. It still counts for something in the NBA, but a plus minus in the NHL is really good. Obviously, it shows Carson Soucy really uh, held his own defensively. Uh, it still wound up with 17 points. Uh, hopefully, this is not a final, his final season in Minnesota as he heads off to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, we're a little bit light on the left side. As I've talked about in the past, when you look at the other uh, prospects and such, will the wild trade done by in the offseason? I have no idea. The chances of Breezy returning are extremely slim. Uh, last night in the season finale, you got to see Marcus Foligno wearing the alternate captain uh, A on his chest last night. Get get used to that, because I do think Zach Parisi does not return, and that Felino will be donning the A on his chest next season, uh, which will be a rightful place for that. Um, Zach Parisi, obviously, it is what it is. What an amazing career. Obviously, he had that 33-goal season a few years back. Oh, it's been a while now. That was the year we actually beat St. Louis in the first round. Uh, the Wild were a better team than St. Louis, I thought, in a lot of ways that year, but mostly because uh, Dubnik was hot and was still a big thing, and Jake Allen was just, you know, he was a, a younger guy who was up and down. Uh, it was kind of a strange situation there. Kirill Kaprizov, obviously an amazing season, multi-goals, so many times this year, one up with 27 points. i got to think he's got he's to get that Calder Trophy. No doubt about it. Uh, Robertson is just not going to happen, I don't think. I think Carl Kaprizov has got to get the Calder this year. Uh, Kevin Fiala finished with 40 points in 50 games. Very, very strong performance for him. Zuccarillo's 35 and 42. Obviously had some hot and cold moments, but when he's hot, he's hot. Spectacular passer, but he can also score. Uh, Jules Eriksenek is a 20-plus goal scorer in this league now, and he did play all 56 games. Well done, young man. 30 points. Getting closer and closer to those AHL numbers where he was literally a point-a-game player. What a great season. Brodine, obviously, unbelievable and showing nine bleeping goals. That's unreal. Nine goals for Rodine in the shortened season. 
uh, can definitely play on the power play and such. So th- these are important things that you had in the series against Vegas. Obviously, they're an extremely, extremely talented team. And, you know, we've talked about them a million times throughout the season because we played eight times. We might play seven more times. So at the end of the year, we may have played the Vegas Golden Knights uh, 15 times. If this goes to seven games, and I kind of have a feeling it could. I have a feeling this could go to seven games. I don't know why this matchup thing isn't loading. There we go. Again, a Sunday afternoon game in T-Mobile Arena. Andrew Hammond, why are they even talking about his injury? Uh, the good news, Marco Ross, he's been cleared up for, for like full workouts and such, so extremely exciting. I think he is absolutely a guy you don't want to look to trade. As again, kind of conversation about him with uh, Jack Eichel of the Buffalo Sabres, of course. The way Bill Guerin described it, how he's talking about we want to build through the draft. If the right thing comes up, we'll, we'll make them over. It makes our team better, this and that. Would Jack Eichel make the Wild better? Probably, I gotta think. But do you want to give up the farm? Do you want to give up Boldy and Fiala, Ugh, or even Rossi and Fiala, or Rossi and Boldy? I don't. And maybe multiple draft picks and Dumba. I can part with Dumba because you have Brennan Mendel, who was extremely frustrated uh, that he wasn't called up to the NHL, but just it's too full at the right shot side, the right side of the defense. Um, and you have, again, Kalen Addison, who you could argue is actually ahead of him. So, I mean, moving Dumba is not going to make me upset. It, it's not. I, it's one of those things that's just bound to happen at some point. But Rossi, Boldy, or Fiala, I'm not in a huge rush to do that at the end of the day. We'll see what happens with Alec Martinez. Undisclosed injury has a Feb 10. Peyton Krebs, <laughs> face, left game. That sucks on the 8th. And Max Pacioretty is an undisclosed injury as of May the 1st, so he's missed a significant amount of time. Max Pacioretty. Pacioretty. Uh, the talk of him is they're not really sure if he's going to be back or not uh, right away here for the postseason. Uh, led the team in goals, believe it or not. Stone led in assists. Stone, there is a similarity between Mark Stone and Kirill Kaprizov. When a lot of people talk about Kirill Kaprizov being similar to Patrick Kane, I see similarities to Mark Stone. Because you talk about playmaking, you know, how centers can be, you know, there's playmaking centers, there's guys that make plays for other people. And then you have, you know, because they're so talented, and then you uh, obviously, and then you have wings that are so bleeping talented, you almost don't need a center on the line, like like a good center. You're going to have a center there. It's bound to happen. But they're so talented at making plays one way or another, scoring goals and setting up other players, that they're kind of like the center anyway, even though they're not a center. They're just that good from the wing. Again, you could say that about uh, Matt Zuccarillo as well. Um, Kaprizov and Mark Stone are kind of similar that way in in my mind, and they're also pretty good defensive players as well. Kirill Kaprizov plays all over the place, man. I mean, the way he just, you know, poke check, but I mean, it's more of a, you know, he just comes up on a guy, challenges players, and knocks the puck out of him. Uh, you know, he'll stuff them as they try to move the puck around. Uh, he has just been unbelievable. Uh, he'll uh, Obviously, he's, he's just a tireless player, as Cole Kaprizov, and I see similarities with Mark Stone. Obviously, guys that uh, can get anywhere from 60 to 80 points and again set other players up, but Kirill Kaprizov's goal-scoring ability is spectacular. But his playmaking ability, playmaking ability, is also spectacular. Uh, the goaltending matchup is going to be extremely interesting. Uh, no more swords in the back here with Marc Andre Fleury. He's not getting stabbed in the back at this moment. He's probably going to be the main guy. He's back to being a spectacular Hall of Fame goalie. We'll see how he performs in the playoffs, though, because he's had seasons like this in the past. 
Uh, took them all the way to the Cup Finals, along with the rest of his teammates being damn good as well, uh, back in the uh, inaugural season for the Vegas Golden Knights. And then it just wasn't the same against a Washington team that was on a mission. That Washington team kind of reminded me of the Indianapolis Colts with Peyton Manning uh, and Tony Dungy of 2006. They, there was, they just reminded me of that, where it was a team with an extremely talented franchise guy, Peyton Manning, slash, you know, obviously, again, Alex Ovechkin. And the team was just, you know, they had so many failures in the playoffs, bumping into Pittsburgh in, the, in Washington's case, and in the Indianapolis in football, obviously bumping into the Patriots. Uh, Bill Belichick forcing turnovers on Peyton Manning. How he was able to do that, we'll see. But obviously, no, I mean, <laughs> it's debatable. But no, I mean, I love Bill Belichick, what he's accomplished in the league. Um, I don't know why I'm getting into that, but uh, I saw similarities there. But of course, Marc-Andre Fleury ran into that freight train, unfortunately. Sorry for going off there on a tangent about that. Uh, Cam Talbot, obviously, he's strong all year. He's going to be the main goalie. Kakinen was underutilized down the stretch, and I think that hurt him. I, I think it did, and then he comes in, and now he's a little jittery, and he was rusty, and it's just, I don't know, and I think that, I, I just think that hurt Capo Kakinen. Um I still think Kakinen could be incredible if needed in the postseason, either in relief or just for whatever reason, or if uh, Telbot suffers an injury of some sorts, which can happen. He gets banged up and come back the next game. Telbot was strong most of the year, just the last few weeks here, not so much. Definitely disappointing. Definitely kind of scary. You want to look at the month of May with uh, Cam Talbot. I mean, mm-hmm, 3.68 goals against average. Two wins, one loss. This was in four games, so apparently he was obviously lifted in one of them. 3.68 goals against average. Mm-mm-mm. April 12 games, 2.63. You know, a, a bit lower than the other parts of the year. He's about two and a half. <coughs> Pardon me. Save percentage of 87 in May for Talbot. Just, again, it's just something to think about. And hopefully, again, Talbot maybe being overplayed can damage him this way. Kakinen being underplayed can damage him the same way. Uh, obviously, uh, overusing and underusing goaltenders can put you in a disappointing situation. And it's happened before in the past. It's happened in the past. You know, obviously, Devin Dubnik was overused way too much, regardless of how Bruce Boudreaux or Mike Yo felt about Darcy Kemper as the backup goalie. Now, now Boudreaux only had Kemper for one year, but just saying. Regardless how they, how either one of those coaches felt about Darcy Kemper, you got to give him in the net sometimes. Overusing Dubnik was a mistake. Overusing Nicholas Backstrom was a mistake. Overusing Cam Talbot is a mistake. And I don't know. I was really disappointed that uh, Dean Everson didn't get Kakanen between the pipes a few more games than he did. That's one thing that kind of, you know, it, it's it's just it's just something, you know, you raise a red flag, you say, hey, that's a little scary coming in here. Obviously, Vegas has a physical team that'll beat you up a bit. They're not as physical as St. Louis, but they're more physical than Colorado, generally speaking, obviously, and they're capable of doing a lot of things. Of course, Mark Stone has really kicked the Wild's butt in the past. Even when the Wild win, he still kicked our butts. Um We'll see if Pacioretty's going to be healthy. Obviously, they have a very strong defensive core, just like the Wild. The good news is the Wild have beaten both goalies. Uh, we've beaten Marc-Andre Fleury multiple times. And we've hammered <laughs> Robin Leonard, who actually, you could argue, is a guy that you want in the postseason if you're the Vegas Golden Knights, if you're going to make a playoff run. If Marc-Andre Fleury starts struggling like he tends to in the postseason at times, since his last couple of years in Pittsburgh, 
when Andy Murray took over and won a, won a couple cups there. Um, having the guy like Robert Leonard who could come in and really shut things down, stabilize things, uh, could help the Vegas Golden Knights win the Stanley Cup uh, this year. Their, their, their chances of winning it are pretty high. And I'm, I made a statement on Twitter earlier. I'll, I'll get to it in the fa- uh, fan interaction, but I'll make it here as well. The winner of this division, the, win- the team that comes out of this division, out of the four teams, because obviously we're going to play the winner. You know, whoever wins these series are going to play each other in the next round. Whoever wins this division is going to go to the cup final and has a legitimate shot of winning it. And that includes every single one of the four teams. Yes, the Minnesota Wild could go to the Stanley Cup final this year if somehow we get past Vegas and then, you know, the next round. Odds are we'll be playing Toronto in the next round, the way the seeding shows up. If it's Minnesota getting to the conference final, it's going to be Toronto. Hopefully they call it the Campbell Conference. Obviously it's going to go to one or the other. Uh, Prince of Wales would be like Tampa or something or Carolina. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's rightful. Obviously, you'd think Toronto would be East Coast, or not East Coast, but Eastern Conference and Prince of Wales. But back in the day, Minnesota and Toronto were in the Campbell Conference. So that's something to think about. This series is going to be, it's going to be a fascinating series. I mean, we've had so many epic battles with these teams. Oh, it's been so fun. It's been so freaking fun. I wish they'd show the earlier schedule here. As now I was able to pull up the overall season series. <laughs> it's been a entertaining overall series over the many years. Minnesota Wild have obviously a lot more wins than losses. I've lost in a shootout back in 2018 to the Vegas Golden Knights. We finally lost one, right? It was the next year in a shootout, but still, that that's a loss. I mean, that is a loss. So it is what it is. And then Vegas VAB does an OT earlier this year in their building, I believe. Um, but it's just kind of like, it, it is what it is. It's still a loss. <laughs> it's still a freaking loss. <laughs> it is what it is there. Um, let's just look at the past games this year, though. I mean, a 5-4 to four win for Vegas. So they actually won the... F- no, that was back in... Uh, yeah, that, that, that was this season. Uh, March the 1st, we played the Vegas Golden Knights. Lost, uh, yep. <laughs> lost five to one, no five to four. Part of me, and then Vegas actually beat the Wild five to one. So it was a two nothing lead for Vegas. March the third. It was actually kind of surprising. We got one point out of four there, out of a possible four, and then you get Talbot with a shutout in a win there because obviously he was the dominant goalie at home. Tal uh, Kakinen was the dominant goalie away. The Wild then beat the Golden Knights four to three. March the 10th, a lot of games together there. April the 1st, April Fools, the Wild Beat Golden, uh, Golden, the Wild Beat the Golden Knights in a shootout. And then, so the Wild had won five in a row, actually, over Vegas at this point. Uh, but as you keep going forward, April the 3rd, 2-1, to one, very close battle. Then the 6-5, to five, epic, epic, epic battle on April the 3rd. That was so fun. It was just such a back-and-forth battle, and the Wild ended up winning. Brodeen tying it up. And the Wild end up winning the game down the stretch. So beautiful. Um, man, that was a beautiful night. And then you lose in overtime to Vegas. Most recently on April the 5th. An entertaining, to say the least, uh, season series. And i got to think it's going to be similar in the playoffs, but obviously more intensity. Because, as Bill Garrett said, there's going to be much more intensity going forward. Uh, obviously so much to get to talking about this team in the playoffs. And then there's so many other things as well, like the Jack Eichel possibility. Me, 
put me in the no category. And of course, we'll talk about that in the fan interaction segment. I'll probably get deeper into it because it will get brought up at some point. So we'll talk about that in the fan interaction segment as well. But me, I call me as somebody who's probably not in a rush to do that. Obviously, the big contract situation, having to give up several prospects. Uh, obviously a warm body like Dumba, but uh, prospects as well. I mean, Boldy, you could argue, is NHL already at all already. He's not officially been called up yet at this moment as a Friday night when I'm recording this. So Boldy is not on the roster yet. We'll have to wait and see. A lot of people believe he will be called up and that we didn't burn a, a year of a contract just to leave him in Iowa and dominate in Iowa, by the way, which is what he's absolutely doing. We'll talk about that in a moment as well. It's going to be a busy couple of, couple of segments here <laughs> with the postseason and such. What's going to happen in this series at the end of the day? I want to say Wild and seven. If it gets to seven, the Wild win the series. And obviously, I'd love to believe that we could do it in six. Actually, knock them out at home uh, in Axel Energy Center with our fans in the building. Knock somebody out, just like we did with the St. Louis uh, Blues years ago. It, it could wind up that way. It could. But I think it's going to be extremely difficult to win this series. It's not going to be as easy as people think. Vegas obviously played us pretty tough earlier in the year. And they played us tough at the end here as well. Uh, they probably should have won the game that we ended up winning 6-5. to five. It was a 5-4 to four win for Vegas until things changed at the last moment. Beautiful, beautiful times there. But still, whew, it was close. It was freaking close. Uh, the way the Wild uh, just kind of stole that one from Vegas down the stretch. But uh, good for us. I want to backtrack and look at that a little bit because it was just such a beautiful, epic game. Uh, three goals in the third period for Minnesota. Again, Brodine actually had the winning goal. I apologize. There's Kaprizov with a tying goal. Uh, it's just an unbelievable play. Him and Fiala teaming up. And Fiala so strong down the stretch. Still wound up with 40 points in only 50 games. 20 goals, 20 assists. So cool to see Fiala uh, even things up there as he was mostly just goals for a while. And then Kaprizov was mostly assists early on in the season. But Stone, of course, did score against the Wild, as he always does. Uh, but just an entertaining back-and-forth battle. Cool, 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 cool. I mean, I, I can't wait for this series. It's going to be as entertaining a series as we've ever had in the postseason. And we've had some unbelievable series. The, the seven-game series versus Vancouver. Multiple ones with Colorado. One interesting stat I should bring up before I move on into the actual uh, rest of the playoffs and such and uh, look at the prospects super quick before that is... The Wild with home ice advantage in the playoffs has been terrible. It, it's really sad. You go back into history, and now this is when the Wild have had home ice advantage in a playoff series. So it's like, that's where I don't feel as bad, even though you think you you want home ice advantage versus Vegas or Colorado. Unfortunately, it just wasn't meant to be. They're just too far ahead, and gosh, you'd have to have a President's Trophy to get it now, or at least be on the you know tied with the team that got it. It's pretty crazy to imagine. Um, but. <laughs> It scares me to no end to think that the Wild are three and twelve in uh, in history uh, in three series where the Wild have had home ice advantage in them. That is some bleep and bleep. Think about it. Three and twelve. Obviously, the twelve is losing every one of them. Four games. Four games. Four games. Right. Only three wins. Go back to the two thousand three Western Conference Finals. Anaheim swept the Wild. Frick you, Sebastian Jaguar, with your frickin' shutouts. Screw you, you backup goalie who got hot at the right time. Okay, he was a little better than a backup, but you get the idea. More like a Talbot, kind of in starter, backup, starter, backup, starter. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then we had home ice advantage versus Colorado. 
when we actually won a division. We actually won a division one time. We actually won the division once, guys, back in 06. Colorado beat us in six games. It was freaking bullcrap. Uh, Jose Theodore, Theodore ended up beating the Wild. That was bullcrap. But, yeah, I mean, he ended up being a really nice backup for us years later. And then, who can forget the five-game five game beauty versus St. Louis? Yes, we put up 50-some shots on Jake Allen, but we still lost the freaking game because we just lost. It was depressing. It, we just lost. It was just, ugh. And then we lost in five freaking games. So there you go. Home ice advantage. And we're, and we're 0 for 3 in the series, 3 and 12 overall. It's the darndest thing. Protect home ice, you schmucks. Come on now. Protect home ice. And hopefully the Wild can do that. Obviously, you know, you think of the North Stars back in the day when they were at home. It was like, hell yes. Uh, in 81 and 91, in both cases. Obviously, I was only two years old for the 81 final. But uh, 91, I was, you know, 12 years old. You're very much aware of what's going on in the world when you're 12 years old. You don't have knowledge of stocks. Your, your politics might be kind of warped or you just don't really know. Good guy, bad guy type of thing. But sports, you have a pretty good idea what's going on by the time you're 12, I would hope. Yeah, you have a clue, at least. It's memorable. Yeah, but uh, it's just kind of funny how that all turned out. Uh, let's look at the prospects super fast before I babble too much. Obviously, it's going to take longer than it needs to. <laughs> I don't want to make the show like two hours long. Matt Boldy, just absolutely dominant in Iowa. 15 points in 12 games, multiple points multiple times throughout this uh, deal. Louis Belpedio finishing extremely strong after a, just a horrendous start to the year and, of course, being banged up and such. He was stuck at one point forever. He's now at seven points in 21 games. Actually, not bad. Louis Belpedio now three goals and four assists, tying Ryan O'Rourke, who's got ten more games played for the Iowa Wild, seven points. Ryan O'Rourke, though, nice, really nice to see him. And he signed a uh, entry-level contract, and good for him. I mean, what a nice way to get started on your career and playing professional hockey at age 18. Impressive. Somebody who's not been impressive is Dmitry Sokolov. I think he's in the Parisi camp right now. 14 games, 4 points. Adios amigo, man. It's sad. I was very intrigued about Dmitry Sokolov. I'm not anymore. It sucks. It sucks. It's sad to see. Uh, Kaelin, that is at 20 points in 29 games. 6 goals, 14 assists. Gabriel Dumont, he's the Cal O'Reilly again, like I was saying. He's just been great. And, of course, his brother, Ryan O'Reilly, is the guy who's been murdering the Wild in multiple cases. And Connor DeWare has been just so valuable in so many cases. And Damian Giroux as well. Iowa Wild isn't the most spectacular team this year, but uh, obviously, when, when you know, it's, it's, it's intriguing and exciting to see guys like Damon Hunt, uh, Ryan O'Rourke, and, of course, Matthew Boldy get rolling. And Hunter Jones, what an amazing recovery he's had after a horrendous start and a very unfair start to his time there. Uh, I agree with anybody that would say that. Obviously, Pavel Bonnet was like saying, hey, you know, he's had an unfair start to the year, kind of being left uh, hanging there with hardly anybody in front of him, like, you know, when he gave up like 10 goals or whatever. And it really happened that way. Now at 3.47, what a nice job. And multiple shutouts on the year. Great job. Two shutouts overall. Um, Great recovery, Hunter Jones. You deserve a ton of credit. Tons. Tons and tons and tons of credit. Hunter Jones, great job. Uh, Nick Sweeney also got, has now has multiple points. He scored his first goal pretty early. Added an, uh, actually scored his first goal most recently. Had an assist in his second game in the AHL. Five games so far for Nick Sweeney. Awesome to see him playing professional hockey. And again, like I was saying, he's one of those good culture guys, I think going forward that Bill Guerin's going to want on this team someday. Uh, and at least he can help build it in Iowa for now, but I think in 
very short order here. Nick Sweeney could be one of those those guys who's won, who's won championships in the past. Not cups, but college hockey championships with an S. Uh, he's got that winning attitude. And I think he could be very good for the culture of this team going forward, just like the Boninos and the Ian Coles. Obviously, he's not on those guys' level, we know. We, we get that. But I think he's the guy that will head in that direction as his career progresses. I, I think he's just a natural winner. I really appreciate what uh, he could bring to the Minnesota Wild in the future. Spectacular seventh-round pick by Chuck Fletcher uh, at the end of the day. So, very exciting. You know, at least there's hope with Kalen Addison, guys like that. Uh, even Louis Velpedio finishing strong, and he knows he needs to because he could be also in the uh, <laughs> in the uh, Sokolov camp here if things continue to drop as they have. Let's get into the rest of the postseason here quickly so I can get to fan interaction. Of course, Minnesota versus the Golden Knights. Minnesota in seven. Minnesota will beat the Golden Knights in seven games. It'll be another one of those epic thrillers, but Minnesota is going to outlast Golden Knights by the Golden Knights, and it will go to OT or shoot, uh, yeah, not shootout, but OT again. And the Wilds come out as winners in OT once again for a fourth time in franchise history. What do you think of that? What do you think of that? Uh, Boston Bruins versus the Capitals? No, that's, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's go with that direction. Why the heck not? Boston Bruins versus the Capitals. Number two versus number three. Boston Bruins are going to beat the Capitals. In six games, Boston Bruins will beat the Capitals. I think they're due for a playoff run again. Capitals, I think they won their cup, and I think they're done winning cups. But we'll see. Maybe I'm way, way, way off. Pittsburgh Penguins versus the New York Islanders. Islanders were so good all year, and then they finished terribly. Pittsburgh Penguins end up winning the division, so so much for getting a really nice draft pick this year. Oh, they'll miss the playoffs. They're going to keep dropping off, they said. Yeah, yeah. Miss the playoffs, they said. Pittsburgh's done, they said. Yeah, they won the division. Yeah, great. Great. So we're going to pick like 26th or something with their pick. Just don't take another freaking Zach Phillips, okay? Please. But then again, no. I don't think this administration is going to F this one up. Probably not. I want to pick the Islanders in this series. I really do. Not just because I don't like the Penguins very much. I just don't. I hate the Penguins. But uh, sorry, Hoppy. Sorry, sorry. I'm I'm sorry. I And I love the Islanders. I love that team. Somehow I think they are going to win this series. Islanders in seven. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. You'd think, yeah, I, I think the Islanders are going to win the series and in seven games. So they will advance. Tampa Bay Lightning versus the Panthers. Tampa Bay is going to win. It's going to be an awesome series. It'll go in six, but it could easily go to seven. I know you can pick seven for every series here. But Lightning ended up beating the uh, Panthers despite being only the number three seed. The Hurricanes and the Predators. Hurricanes and Predators. Five games. Hurricanes win. They might even win it in four, but I'll say five. Obviously, Predators got super hot to make the playoffs. Actually, really nicely done. Predators were dead and gone a long time ago, and they somehow survived that sucker. Good job. Honestly, good job. And Hurricanes are one of the best teams in the league. Watch out for the Carolina Hurricanes. Before we get to the other divisional uh, goof uh, round here, uh, with uh, yeah, we'll get back to that in a second. Well, the Canadian division, the Canadians. You know, being that Isha is a Canadian, you know, you know, he's never mentioned he's a Canadian before, but being he's from Vancouver Island, you know, he, he's he's a Canadian. You know, being a Canadian and everything, you know, not not everybody knows he's a Canadian. Okay, sorry, the. I just love it how he does that, but he does it a lot. And Aisha, I love you. Soda pot, just in case, one in a million chance he's listening. <laughs> one in a million chance, pretty much, right? <laughs> Maple Leafs versus the Canadians. 
somehow the Canadians made the playoffs with only 59 points. I don't know. They're not going to win anywhere. And a lot of people think this is the weakest division, but, uh, you know, the Maple Leafs and the Oilers are really stacked in, well, at least they're very top-heavy, I'll say. Maple Leafs, I think, should be able to come out of this division. Maple Leafs, obviously, they're going to sweep the Canadians, or we are winning five or four or five. Let's go with a sweep, believe it or not. I'm going to pick them to sweep the Canadians. Canadians, pardon me. And then Oilers versus the Winnipeg Jets. Oilers in, I got a sneaky feeling, Oilers in only five games. What do you think of that? People will be like, really, Joey? You think they're going to just roll over the Jets? I think they're going to beat the Jets. Even though the Oilers in Toronto have just had failure after failure after failure after failure in the playoffs. I think one of these two teams is going to, well, I would hope one of these two teams, if they're, yeah, is going to get to the uh, conference final. It, good. It's going to be nice to see a Canadian team finally get somewhere again. And back in the old days, back when the North Stars got to the 91 finals, it was the first time in like two decades, they said, between two American teams. Isn't that crazy? Where now, it'd be the first time since, I don't even know, I think 1989 or something. No, 90, yeah. Yeah, that there was no, uh, I think the first time since 89 that there were two Canadian teams in the Cup Finals. I, I might be going crazy here, but I'm pretty sure that's the first time since 89 if, if there were ever two Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup Finals. But obviously, you can't have it this year. It can't happen. So, yeah, Calgary versus the Montreal Canadiens. I think I'm right. I think I'm right. I'm just going off, just going off the top of my head here. Uh, okay, I'm talking too much here. The St. Louis Blues versus the Colorado Avalanche. Are you ready? Are you ready? Drum roll. St. Louis wins. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, yeah. It's not because I don't like Colorado. It's not because I don't believe in Colorado. I'm scared to freaking death of the Blues, man. I am scared of the Blues. Blues win. Blues win. Blues win in, in uh, Blues win the series in six games. In only six games, the Blues are going to win the series. What do you think of that? They're dangerous, man. Wild will have to play the Blues next. The Wild would have to play the Blues next. Yep. I don't like that matchup at all, actually. I don't. I don't like the matchup at all. Uh, you know, just as easily, I think the there's I think there's one team in this division that that would have a would I probably have the best chance of beating the Blues and that's Vegas. If Vegas gets past Minnesota, Vegas goes to the cup final. If St. Louis if Vegas if the Wild beat Vegas, I think St. Louis goes to the cup final. And it's not because I'm a negative Nancy here. I just, I don't know. The matchup sucks right now. You saw, you saw the games, as Mike Zimmer would say. You saw the games. St. Louis would beat us in six, I think. Six games. If it goes to seven, Minnesota wins, because that's our history. We are a game seven team. We win the series if it goes to seven. Otherwise, I think St. Louis in six, which would really suck. They would then play the Toronto Maple Leafs as the seeding would go. And then (laughs) on the other side, I may have to go back to the bracket here as I had it set up before. Yeah, I do have St. I will have St. Louis beat the Wild, and I hate it. You think I want to say St. Louis beat the Wild? I hate it, man. But it is what it is. Oh, just let me load what I had here. Let me load what I had. That'd be that'd be great. Yep, Toronto will beat Edmonton. They will go to the conference. Boston. I actually have Boston going to the conference versus. Yep. So I have them beating the uh, beating the Islanders in the second round. 
And in this bracket, just because just to be optimistic, I had the Wild beating St. Louis, but I think St. Louis is going to beat the Wild, unfortunately. I have Carolina beating the Tampa Bay Lightning. What do you think of that? So dethroning the Lightning, Carolina versus the Boston Bruins in the Prince of Wales Conference, St. Louis versus Toronto. What do you think of that? That's a pretty wacky Final Four. Pretty wacky. Pretty wacky. Carolina goes to the final versus the St. Louis Blues. Carolina Hurricanes win the Stanley Cup. Carolina Hurricanes win the Stanley Cup. A bunch of jerks win the Cup. What do you think of that? Well, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. Maybe I'm going to be dead wrong and they're going to lose in the first or second round, but I'm going to pick Carolina to win the Stanley Cup this year. Just If I have to pick a team, just being objective, not being a homer. As a homer, I got Minnesota beating St. Louis and going all the way and beating Carolina in the final. And I did that on the bracket. That's my homer bracket. Yep. Everything's the same except Minnesota over St. Louis for the championship. <laughs> going all the way. St. Louis goes to the final and loses to Carolina. In fact, I might actually go with St. Louis winning their second cup in three years. But no, I'm going to go with Carolina. I just got a feeling Carolina's going to beat them. It's going to be a beautiful series, but Carolina wins the Stanley Cup in seven freaking games. It'll be a back and forth. St. Louis will go up three games to two. Carolina will recover, save the day. Or could Carolina go up three to two? St. Louis beats the crap out of them, forces the seventh game, and then Carolina ends up finishing the job for the Stanley Cup title. But I suppose if Carolina, if it was a seven-game series, St. Louis would probably win because the road team seems to always win game sevens nowadays, which is weird. Back in the old days, that never happened. Carolina's going to win the Cup, though, at least the way I'm standing right now. I may change it to St. Louis later on, but maybe Colorado will knock them out in the first round. Maybe, but I don't think they will. I just don't. With that said, we'll take a break. Sorry for rambling a little bit, but uh, that's, that's the fun of it, getting back on air again. We'll get to some fan interaction right after this. We are back here on Brave the Wild. Time for fan interaction. Can't thank Derek Felska enough. What a great guy. Uh, rounding up some questions. And, of course, there was interactions before that as well. So it's going to be a fairly busy fan interaction segment as we head in. But before that, we're going to get to the Vigit application. It is an application for both Android and Apple phones, of course. you got to think it's going to be on both, right? Uh, it is a free sports betting application where you're not actually betting real money. Uh, social media for sports bettors. You can post about your picks, see what others are saying about games. Vigit Betting League is a month-long betting competition to see who the best sports better is over the course of a month. Free-to-play sportsbook, uh, bet-free coins, win real prizes, betting stats. There is great information available on Vigit, on the Vigit line movement where the public is betting. So especially as we head into the postseason here, we can do some betting on these games and such, and probably even on the series. But no, but about the game-by-game situation, like Carolina versus the... You know, Carolina versus Toronto, maybe later on will be pretty cool. Or who knows what the matchups are going to be starting out. Uh, Montreal, Toronto right now is what I'm trying to say. Um, Winnipeg versus... Who did they play tonight? I know there was a playoff game tonight, actually. But yeah, look at all the betting. <laughs> look up, keep up with all the games with these teams. Uh, Winnipeg and Edmonton. And the, this one's actually Winnipeg-Toronto. What's going on here? That was just the, uh, that's just a finish, yeah, that's a final regular season game. 
Oh, pardon me. My mind is all messed up now because we bounced into all that stuff. I apologize for that. Yeah, because I was going to say, they're not playing. What's going on here? I don't get it. Let's stay away from that before I get confused here. We all know who's playing here. Uh, who, this is just going to confuse things. Looking at some of these matchups. Let's stay away from that. Um, <laughs> but yes, do download the Vigit Sports Betting application. I'm just going to twist my mind up, but that's the last thing I want to do right now. Vigit Sports Betting application. Do join it for the referral when they ask for that. Paladino Live, all one word. Paladino Live, I'll put that in the show description. It would be great if you could join it, and we could uh, do some free sports betting. You're, this is not with real money. This is not real money wagering. It's play money. So not real money wagering. That's very important that I let you know that, and they want you to know that right away. They want me to let you know that. Otherwise, I'm not representing them correctly. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is a Twitter account, and let's jump on board immediately. Immediately. There was a little conversation, me and MN Johan, uh, Johan, sorry about the Johan part. I said it wrong. I was saying, let me tell you, this Blues team scares the crap out of me. If I had no allegiance to any team in this division, I would think they are the most likely team to come out of it in the postseason. And, well, I kind of stuck with that vibe, didn't I? I picked them to go to the cup final. Yep, not only, yep, I picked them to go to the cup final. Emin Johan says, no way, not a bad team, but not as complete of a team as when they won two years ago. Their D is not as good. I agree, but for some reason, they're just scaring me. So, I agree, I understand. I should have clicked like on your, I apologize. I didn't even click like. I probably didn't see the tweet right away. I just saw all the likes... I understand if you disagree. Um, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, St. Louis scares the crap out of me. They do. I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't really like the Blues very much. I bet a lot of people would rather see Colorado, Vegas, or Minnesota, right? Uh, Derek Felska doing these awesome previews. Him and uh, his his wife, Teresa. Teresa Ferry's doing a, just an amazing job. He's an assist. Isha Jerome of the... And again, this is the guy I was teasing about, talking about being Canadian. We had a little a brief conversation about Star Wars for a minute there. He was saying he grew up on the trilogy of Indiana Jones, Back to the... Oh, God, Back to the Future. He loved them all. We were talking about 80s movies. He said, P.S., I don't hate Episode One. See, basically we were talking about how the best uh, Star Wars movies were the original trilogy. That was kind of what started the conversation. And yeah, that's... I agree a million percent. He was saying he doesn't hate episode one, like the masses, Darth Maul, the Darth Maul fight and pod racing scenes made that movie legit. I agree with that part. I didn't like how kitty the whole, I didn't like how kitty it was, like how Anakin was just a little boy. I don't know, that kind of, that was kind of lame, but the, the rest of the movie actually was decent. I agree with that. Um, he was saying the rest that followed are absolute trash and a disgrace to the 70s and 80s masterpieces. For some reason, I kind of liked two and three, but anything after that, I didn't like at all. He just said, oof, you, you should rewatch them then. Episode 1 had so much better of a classic Star Wars vibe and way better just scenes and script. Episode 2 had so many plot holes it made me puke. And 3, well, I thought it was bad at age 11. So just so disappointed. Huh? So I, I understand that. Uh, now we'll keep going back to hockey again. It's cool, though, to get into Star Wars for a second there. Teresa Ferries was saying, you shouldn't be hurting the fragile feelings of Raskaters. Yep, that's where he, he was playing so well in the overtime period, and he ended up scoring the game-winning goal. That was pretty cool. Uh, a few games. Yep, that was against the Anaheim Ducks. The 4-3. to three. I can't believe when we even went to OT versus the Ducks, but hey, that was a great play by Rask. Occasionally, he can be very clutch. Uh, she was saying, there's simply not enough high-fructose corn syrup available to sweeten that haterade to soften the truth. I'm not a huge fan of high fructose corn syrup, by the way. I'm sure a lot of you aren't. It's uh, Let's just say it's not the hell. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of reasons to not like it. I'll leave that alone. Peter A says, rasking in the glory. And yes, 
Yes, I know that Bill Guerin and Dean Evison love Victor Rask as well. Uh, and uh, Judd Zolgad, basically, as he said many times, I don't understand it. Uh, I don't either, but I do see the he can be clutch at times. I appreciate that, but generally speaking, yeah, you'd think we can do better, but I guess not. Minnesota Rube, here we go, continuing on the Victor Rask conversation, says, what is the truth about Victor Rask? And I was saying, how did I, how did I word it? Let's see, I know I responded. There it is. Where is it? I didn't. Re- I did respond. Why is it not there? It must be on the next one. Uh, I'm gonna put back. Hopefully this doesn't mess everything up. How did I say it? There it is. The truth about Victor Victor Rask is he's all over the place. Sometimes he can be clutch, but he sure as heck is limited in skating and hockey. I hear at times. Uh, Minnesota Rube responds with the truth is he's mostly not very good and can play okay on occasion. Yep, well said. I don't disagree with that. That's well said. Um, I think we both kind of agreed a bit there. And Shannon R. comes up with a gem, an absolute gem. It comes from uh, Russo Filter. Puck Rocker was responding to Russo Filter at Puck Rocker. The response is, Victor Rask is to hockey with Taco Bell is to Mexican food. It's not great, but in a pinch it gets the job done. And then Black Space Gaming, here he is, Sebastian Bowles says, or Barton, pardon me, says he's not good enough, he's not good enough, often enough to be on this team. I, I understand that. Um, I was saying something about how, and, you know, as long as we're on the food vibe, it's, uh, to me, it's like Olive Garden to uh, Italian food. It's just so mediocre. Ugh. It's so mediocre. It, it, it gets the job done sometimes, but uh, there's some restaurants I really miss. Uh, Shannon was say, yeah, I was telling her that was an absolute gem, and she says I found it and had to share it. Brian Herrera, there he is, awesome guy, awesome, awesome guy. I love what he had to say here. I just really appreciate it. He said, "When's the next Brave the Wild podcast?" Some of us are going through withdrawal, man. And this was last weekend. Oh man, I was telling him I'm going to do a playoff preview next weekend, and well, here it is, Brian. I I hope it's been good, and it's yeah, it's going to be longer than an hour, I'm sure, as you could tell. He was he was open for a two hour episode. <laughs> Brian, you're awesome. I mean, I really appreciate that. Um, I was telling Shannon that's a really good way to sum it up. Nicely done. And she was saying, I found it and had to share it. And yeah, I'm glad you did. Minnesota Rube was saying, uh, so we're kind of going back and forth on some of the same, uh, back and forth on the similar topics here. Minnesota Rube says he's played quite well, that being Rask, in his fourth line role the second half of the year. Very valuable. I, I don't disagree with that. Um, Ryan Herrera. Well, let's go to Shannon really quick. She says, I totally agree on the Olive Garden thing. Yep, yep. It's so mediocre. Brian Herrera says, I guess I can wait. I'll be okay with Locked on Wild daily episodes until you drop a podcast and Judd Zolgad and his parrot until you drop your in-depth and fan inter- uh, yeah, your in-depth and fan in- uh, appreciation podcast. Sorry for stumbling all over you there. Uh, I really appreciate that, Brian. That's uh, I'm 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 honored with you putting me with Zolgad and even Locked On Wild. You know, it's just really cool. Thank you for that. He was saying at this point, I'm hoping for a two-hour pod. Then I know you can get into the details. And yep, sometimes I ramble too much too. <laughs> but oh, hopefully, yep, the details are good. Black Space Gaming says, OG is mediocre. That being Olive Garden. That's which is why I love the eight-dollar lunch prices. Yep, I understand that too. Yep. Yep, that was awesome for you to say that. Let's see if there's a few. Yep, and then, we, and then we get into some of the lightning round and such. It's going to come up here eventually. 
when uh, things get started up. Oh, Black Space Gaming against Sebastian says, if Brave the Wild could have handcrafted a perfect day weather-wise, it would be today. May the 12th. Wow. And the last couple of days. Today got a, today on the 14th got a bit more cloudy and dark at times. It's still a decent day. Man, the 12th and 13th, though. Holy mother. I mean, those are days I would take back and wish we could keep 365. I was talking something about the goaltending situation. Brian Herrera, and it got a response from him. I said, I still can't believe we got shut out by a goalie with three with a 3.5 goals against average. Yikes. That was the 4-0 loss to St. Louis there, their backup goalie, Husso. Uh, he says, Brian Herrera says, yes, and any goalie can get hot at any time, like tonight. I'm more concerned with Talbot's three-plus goals given up in his last five or so starts, and I'm concerned about that, too, going against the Golden Knights. It's not going to be easy. If he struggles the way he has, we're going to lose. We're going to lose, as they would say on the spin, but we're going to lose, you know, if this happens or that happens. Kind of like how the Vegas Golden Knights just stopped, suddenly stopped scoring. Their consistency just fell off the face of the planet when they got to the West Finals last year after a great uh, Game 1 win. Um, we continue the conversation about goaltenders. Brian Herrera says, I was saying, yeah, he's not been good. This is being Kak, uh, Kem Talbot. Yeah, he's not been good. I don't understand why they refuse to play Kakadin. It's the same bullcrap we kept going. We kept doing a Dubnik in the past. I definitely understand any goalie can get hot any time. It just drives me nuts. And Brian Herrera says, depending on how good Capo plays tonight, might just affect our playoff starter. Uh, I've been hearing a ton of frustration with overplaying Talbot and sitting Capo. Oh, and I've been I've been one of the guys basically tooting that one. I hope the Wilds can break their long history of overplaying one goalie. And the sad part is it's too late. It's too late because they finally put him in in the final game of the season and he gave up seven goals. They should have, you know, they should have got him in there more often. It's going to be, yeah, it was going to be Cam Talbot in the playoffs. Just It's just so the way it was going to be. You could see how it was heading. The writing was on the wall going back into March most likely at the very least. And that's Kakanen just continue being crazy. Uh, Derek Felska says, I doubt it about, uh, you know, we're deciding the new starter here, the starter in the playoffs. In Vegas, it kind of was that way. Back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. But not with Minnesota. It's going to be Cam Talbot's job right now. Uh, as Derek Felska says, Derek Felska, pardon me, Caprice and assist as Capo. He says, I doubt it. Capo could have had a shutout today, and Cam Talbot is still going to be the starter in the first Minnesota Wild playoff game. Yep, yep. That's just how it is. Brian Herrera says, shitty, but you're right about that. Yeah. Yep. So, I think this is where we get to those, but still, either way, hearing from Brian, that was awesome. What was I saying here? I think I was talking about St. Louis again. Wild, Wild Kirill, Fran. Yep, I was saying, looks like it's going to be Vegas-born after all. Prepare for a six or seven game epic battle to the finish. And uh, I was saying it, though, but I mean, hoping we're going to win. Uh, Wild Kirill Fran at Wild Kirill Fan says, I'd rather that we play Vegas over Colorado because we won five out of eight games against the Vegas Golden Knights this year. So this is my reaction. It's a celebrating with a cigar and some beer there. <laughs> it's a, obviously not the exact person, but yeah, interesting though. Um, and I was saying the team I'm most scared of is the Blues, if I remember correctly. I was saying I certainly don't disagree with that. St. Louis is the team I'm most scared of, believe it or not. Vegas will be a lot of fun. Well, Kirill Friend says, me too. We've been horrible because of the Blues this year. Yes, we have. That's why I don't think we'd actually beat them. Um, okay, and then I was saying, this was last night again. All this was last night. I believe whoever comes out of the Honda West Division will ultimately get to the Cup Final, including St. Louis. Yep. 
There isn't a single team out of the four in the postseason in this division that isn't extremely dangerous. And then Johan says, I absolutely agree. Yep, so it looks like he may have kind of... He may be... Uh, so maybe he's uh, turned a little bit on uh, St. Louis in a positive direction. Because, yeah, St. Louis to me is a legitimate cup contender. And, and that might sound crazy at 63 points, but they are. They are. You know, they're not as good as they were when they won the cup. That was a great team. They were very well put together. They terribly underachieved. And then all of a sudden, the coaching change, the little culture change, and it's crazy what can happen. A little culture change in Minnesota, it's crazy what could happen too. Thank you very much, Bill Karen. We're trying to continue here without coughing. Derek Felska says, here we go. I finally caught up now. <laughs> I'm surprised how much interaction there was even before I got to this. Derek's probably like, holy cow. I bet that's what he's thinking right now. At Crease and Assist, at Crease and Assist. And thank you so much. I love that you do this. I appreciate it so much. He was saying, got a Minnesota Wild uh, question on your mind. Now that the Wild are in the playoffs and will face Vegas in the first round, ask Brave the Wild. Just tag your questions, hashtag BTWMN, and fire away. Please retweet Jay Bushy, Tom Hayen, Ty Sandstrom, Brian Herrera, Davey, Jay, uh, Jody Halvey, and Deast. That is, of course, Justin Bakke. Yep, very cool. Thank you guys so much. Derek Felska says, How many games do you think Zach Parisi will play this first-round playoff series, or will he only be a, a black ace? I think he'll only be a black ace. I think Zach Parise doesn't play in this series, uh, barring injury. There's a chance, okay, I'll say there's a chance he squeaks in one or two. Because they might switch the lineups around. Maybe Parise ends up being a big surprise. And what would be the ultimate story is here, I go back to rambling again, because my mind likes to wander. As you probably noticed that, Derek, my mind likes to wander because my imagination is big. It's really big. I could probably write a book easily without, the book would probably be too long some days. Or some days, at least. That's uh, some of my books would probably be too long because of that. Imagine the ultimate story: the Wild get to the Cup final. The Wild are winning in Game Six or Game Seven, with like a minute left. Parisi's obviously active. He's been playing in the game, and there he is on the bench, kind of like uh, Alex Ovechkin was a couple of years back versus Vegas. But in this case, for Parisi, instead of hiding it's, instead of hiding everything, because he's uh, Ovechkin was just praying to God nothing crazy would happen, and the Knights tie it up in the empty net situation. But Parisi is sitting there with tears streaming down his cheeks, uh, t- tears of joy, like all this, t- all of this time, all these years, all we've been through, and we're going to win the Stanley Cup, and it's going to end this way in Minnesota. His last game as the Minnesota Wild players with the Stanley Cup championship. Wouldn't that be the most beautiful thing ever? That's indeed if this is the end of Zach Parisi. A lot of local uh, media does believe so, and I agree. I, I, I can see the uh, the writing on the wall. But what an unbelievable story it would be if, say, Zach Parisi just happened to be active in that game and the Wild win the Stanley Cup this year. Wouldn't that be beautiful? But uh, in this series, I will say one or two games. <sighs> I'm going to go out on a limb and say two games. Zach Parise will play in two games in this playoff series if you want a round number. Or, you know, okay, if you want me a gun to my head. Continuing before I babble too much. Derek says, which wild player do you think could be the team's hero in the opening round and which player concerns you the most going into the playoffs? I hate to say this about the concern. We'll start with that first. It's Talbot. Yep. 
it's Cam Tobot, and he was a strength all season. Cabo Kakanen was a strength for the longest time before he hit a wall for some reason, and then all of a sudden he like never played him again. Um, that was Colorado, if I remember. That was a pretty big wall. Colorado or St. Louis, either one of them beat the crap out of the wild, and Kakanen and Talbot. Cam Talbot's concerns me the most. The Team Zero is most likely to be Kaprizov, I gotta think, but in this series, I think it's gonna be Kevin Fiala. I think Kevin Fiala is going to have an incredible first round. I think he's going to get at least four goals. What do you think of that? At least four goals in this series. And just might be the guy that uh, scores the game winner in OT to send the Wild to round two to play the freaking Blues. And then if we get past them, we will go to the Cup Final. Yep, the Wild's confidence will be so high. We'll be rolling. And the momentum will be... uh, The wheels will be turning. There'll be so much momentum, this and that. The most likely guy to be a hero is Kaprizov, but I'm going to pick the opening round. It's going to be Fiala is going to be the hero. And the most likely guy to concern me is uh, Cam Talbot. Yeah, with the way he's been, it's not been good. O- overplayed a bit. Here we go. Derek continues, says, do you think the Iowa Wild have what it takes to win their divisional playoff in the uh, AHL Central and be not quite Calder Cup, but better than, no- uh, better than nothing champions? Sure, um, with the talent there, and if Boldy's still there and all that, sure, sure. I think they can uh, at least do something in the postseason, at least win one round there, do something. Uh, obviously, not go all the way or anything. I don't think they're good enough to go all the way, but there, there's pieces. I mean, the beginning of the year was terrible, but uh, Hunter Jones has really settled in. He is a professional goaltender. He's a professional goaltender. He was in way over his head, but he also had not a lot of help in front of him, and that hurt him in such a big way in the early stage of the season. It was a nasty start for the Iowa Wild. I got to think a lot of minor league teams really, you know, well, AHL, when I say minor league teams, really felt some serious frustration. Some luckier ones, more fortunate ones, got off to a stronger start, I suppose, where they didn't have too much of that crap going on. The Wild are right in the middle of a COVID uh, outbreak, if we can call it that. Guys got sick from stuff. That's what happened, but uh, luckily, all was well there. We'll continue. Derek again says, as we'll jump in all over the place. Usually, it's, yep, we'll get kind of uh, all of his questions at once and jump into the next person. Derek says, which of the many Minnesota Wild players who are on expiring deals need a big playoff performance the most if they wish to be tendered and offered by the Wild this offseason? Tendered and offer. Huh? Well, good thing I pulled up the salaries. I had that already ready. Uh, surprisingly in the background. Marcus Johansson needs a huge playoff series, I think. I think Nick Benino, I think they want him back. And I don't think he's going ha- to demand $4.1 million, even though he really finished strong during the course of the regular season. What an awesome finish by this guy. Nick Benino, I think uh, the keys to the castle are his. Okay, not but not the keys to the vault, but the keys to the castle, as they might say in certain podcasts out there. Wink, wink. Um... I, I think they want Nick Benino back in a big way, probably even more than Ian Cole now. I love Ian Cole. I'd love to have him back, and especially he's Carson Soucy insurance. That's what I was thinking about as well, is, see, now he won't have to play out of position at the very least, even though the combination of Cole and Soucy has been so good. But Cole could help nurture a guy like a Kalen Addison going into next season, um, quite possibly, because, well, there's going to be an opening on that right spot, for sure. Unfortunately, it would be third pairing, depending on what happened with Dumba. But um, 
Ian Cole, I think he's, he's at very least Carson Soucy insurance if Soucy gets, uh, you know, expansion drafted by the uh, Seattle Seahawks. Now the Seattle Kraken, pardon me. Why did I call him the Seahawks? Because, I don't know. But uh, I think odds are that uh, Cole stays, especially if uh, the, the Kraken wind up with Soucy. But it could go to anybody. It could be Greenway. Who knows? Who knows? But um, I think the guy that really needs the uh, fabulous postseason to get a chance to stay in Minnesota is going to be Marcus Johansson. Uh, I don't think he'd get a long-term contract anyway, though. That's the thing. He'd be looking at one or two years maximum. It is what it is. Uh, Bukestad, hey, if he has a spectacular postseason, that's great. I think his chances of returning are slim. It's nothing against him. He's just he's just limited. I don't hate him. Uh, people are wondering, what's up with all the Bukestad hate? I heard something about that on Wild Fan Line on KFan. Well, I don't hate him, but I don't think he's somebody that uh, you're going to I don't think he's somebody you're clamoring for. Put it this way. Benino or Bukestad? Anyone? Anyone? In the, you in the back. Yes. Yes, I agree. Benino. So, um, <laughs> I think so. That's not hate. It's just, it's, Benino's a winner. Bukestad, he's, he's, he's good. He's solid. But there's just a little extra of Benino, in my opinion. Um, Mike, here we go. Welcome aboard, Mike. Welcome aboard back to the show. He's Yep, great to hear from him again. He says, now that the Blues made us look defenseless, do you put part of the blame on Coach Everson for the defensive scheme? Uh, a little bit, a little bit, and I put part of the blame on the fact that uh, they overplayed Talbot. Uh, the defensive scheme didn't look good, though, either. No, I mean, I I don't know what the heck. St. Louis just knows what they're doing, don't they? And they're picking up at the right time. I mean, if you're going to get hot, now's the time to do it. So, uh, yep, good question there, Mike. I hope that was a decent answer, not too crappy. <laughs> I hope I didn't give you a crappy answer there. Jay Bushy says, any concern with the way both goalies play as the season ended? Yes, a lot. A lot of concern going into this series. I think it's terrifying, honestly. The good news is we find a way somehow, some way to score against Flurry and uh, Leonard, especially Leonard. We just really beat the crap out of Leonard this year. And Leonard's been great all year. Fleury's been great all year. I mean, they could easily win the, uh, the Goalie of the Year award. Uh, so, um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm very concerned going into this series with the goaltending situation. But luckily, again, for some reason, we seem to find a way with their goalies as well. Hopefully, we end up surviving. And Talbot can, can, can get his sharpness back. I just wish, I just wish, I just wish, I just wish so much that Kakening was in goal more often during the course of April uh, down the stretch. I just pray to God it isn't another situation where we have a goalie that's knocked out again and we end up losing. Why isn't this moving? Okay, I know there's some more coming in. Yeah, see, see what happened was they ended up being on the retweets because I know... Yeah, here we go. Here's the uh, lightning round from Tom Hayen. Welcome back, Tom Hayen. It's been a long, long hiatus. <sighs> yep, he, he lost his mother not too long ago. And all respect in the world, Tom. All respect in the world. And so great to have you back. And uh, condolences and everything. And I understand that you just, you know, you didn't want to... Just didn't have the just didn't have the lightning round in you. And I understand. But it's so awesome to have you back. So awesome to have you back. He says, what's the... What's the price point 
the Minnesota Wild should live with regarding Jules Erickson not considering that the uh, that uh, Kaprizov, Calder, and Fiala <laughs> both have to get paid, and this team still needs a legitimate uh, number one center. Ooh, boy. That's a tough one, ain't it? That's a tough question. Um, what is the price point for Jewel Erickson Eck? It's certainly going to be more than what he made, obviously, the 1.487. Oh, man. Probably, should, should I say this? Probably what Victor Rask is making, about $4 million. Yeah. I don't know how many years you're going to want to sign him, but I think it could be about $4 million because he's just so... Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Bill Guerin tries to get him lower into the threes. 3.5, 3.75, 3.25, 3.3, 3, Okay, I'm just kidding. That's an old phone number after the salon years ago, my parents' salon. Um, I think he'll be making more than Felino because of his position, and obviously he provides more offense. You know, he's a 20-goal kind of guy now. Oh, man. Three to four range. Three to four range, uh, three to five years. He'll, he'll probably want a five-year deal. He'll, he'll want some stability. He'll want term is what I'm trying to say. Uh, heck, we gave Ryan Hartman a three-year extension for only 1.7. What a freaking deal. Uh, Jewel's going to get about four, I think. Approximately four year, four a year, maybe 3.75. Hopefully they can settle into less than four. I really hope so. And probably five, up, up to five years, because i got to think he's going to want term. Um, and I don't blame him there. It's going to be a busy, 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 busy offseason. Good thing we don't have to sign Nico Sturm until next year. Whew. Thank God for that. Which, again, spells more likelihood that I think guys like Johansson are gone because you're going to want to use that money for something else. You certainly ain't giving him four and a half. Benino's going to get a price reduced to hopefully maybe maybe one year, two million, or two years, four, but I think one year for Benino, two million is just my guess. Uh, talk about buying out Parisi, which that'd be complicated, but it is what it is. It could be, could be a possibility. Uh, Greenway's still not getting paid too much, so we don't have to pay him right away. Yeah, um, again, obviously some of that money, some of that Johansson money that's going to come off the books, that's where I think he ain't coming back without a spectacular uh, postseason because we're going to need that money for Jewel Erickson Eck, Kevin Fiala, Kirill Kaprizov. Oh, my goodness. Oh, boy. Good thing we don't have an immediate free agent well for defense except for uh, Ian Cole, and we'll see. Ian Cole's a valuable guy. We'll have to wait and see. But uh, I think Jewel's in that four range. Sorry for babbling so long there again. I just keep doing that, but it was an awesome question. Next one from Tom Hayen. Welcome back. Says, when the Minnesota Wild beats the Silver Bishops. <laughs> yep, the Silver Knights are there. The Henderson Silver Knights, you mean, right? Okay, I'm just kidding. That's their minor league affiliate, of course. When the Wild beat the Silver Bishops in round one, will the national media do the easy and expected thing and write this up as the greatest upset in the history of the sport? I hope not. That would be mean, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that be mean? I hope not. Oh, that'd be kind of dorky of them. They better not. Looks like there was a response to Tom Hayne. Oh, Kemper Cougar says, they better pay up on Jewel Erickson Eck. He's the only player I completely trust on the ice. That kid works hard. He does, doesn't he? He does, and yeah, they're gonna they're gonna pay him. Um, they're gonna pay him uh, three point seven five to four million for five years. That's my guess. It's gonna be a long term contract for a reasonable reasonable amount. But uh, yeah, I mean, if they give him five million, they're overpaying. I think until the scoring goes up, maybe they'll give him a bridge deal to say, hey, you know, if you're really a twenty to twenty five guy, 
you know, maybe we'll give you a two or three year bridge contract, kind of like uh, we did with Grandland a few years back, uh, many years ago now, um, where it's like maybe three years, four, uh, three years, three million, three point five or something per, and uh, go from there. Or maybe it'd be like a two year bridge contract or something. But my guess is he's going to get the five year, uh, four million per, is my guess. Tom Hayen said, uh, next one says, as the Tom Hayen lightning round continues. Love the lightning round. I really love it, and I missed it so much. And uh, good timing as we head into the postseason. A very epic fan interaction tonight, and thank you so much, Derek. And thank you so much to uh, others out there that interacted even before that, too. I always appreciate that. Tom Hayen says, sometimes I just need to post more, then, I, then I'll get interaction that way as well, in case it's a quieter uh, re reaction. Tom Hayen says, some are posting that last night was the final time Zach Parisi puts on a Minnesota Wild sweater. Not buying it, but what are your thoughts? I think he will play some playoff games. And I can understand why you wouldn't buy it, because it's like you'll believe it when you see it with his contract, that type of thing. But the vibe is, the vibe from within the organization is that they're ready to move on. That, uh, and Bill Guerin's the kind of guy, as he said on Dan Barrero and, and other podcasts and such. Well, not podcasts, or like other uh, shows. Well, yeah, like a podcast like um, Straight from the Source and stuff. He's not screwing around. And that's why I do think Zach Parisi, there's a really good chance that Zach Parisi, after this postseason, regardless of what happens, I think Zach Parisi's not returning next year. Somehow, someway, he will not be back with the Minnesota Wild. If it's some kind of a dead contract some kind of a buyout, some kind of dead contract trade. I don't think Zach Parisi returns to the Wild next year. So that's actually my thoughts. I, I, I'm, kind of, uh, I'm kind of reading the tea leaves as well. It's very unlikely he's going to come back, and if he does, he'll just be kind of uh, like an inactive player uh, most of the year. We'll see. But his limit, he is so limited now, and it, it's sad to see because, geez, you see Zach Parisi, you see his face, you see his number. You think, my God, that's one of the best players on the team. You know, one of the two or three, you know, like he's the star, the biggest name. And then it's like, no, he's not. It, it's weird. Tom Hayen, final final lightning bolt of the lightning round says, unless there are more that I'm missing, uh, how much actual panic should the wild fan base be feeling after the team's final two efforts, quote-unquote, to close the regular season? Shouldn't be too panicked, especially last night, because it was kind of like, uh, you know, it was one of those AAA kind of games. Like a, like the the fourth game of the preseason or the final game of the regular season when you sit sit a chunk of players, I, I, I don't feel too worried about it. But the goaltending situation is scary. It is scary. That's where I'm not panicking, but I'm worried. Uh, scale of one to ten, ten being extremely worried, one being not worried at all about the goaltending situation. It's a six, buddy. It's a six. Yeah, I, I am I am noticeably concerned about the Minnesota Wilds. Uh, 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 goaltending situation. As for the rest of the team, oh, I hope St. Louis didn't un uncover something. I hope they didn't. And like, oh, this is how you beat the Wild, basically. Sometimes it happens. Sometimes it happens. This is how you neutralize the Wild, this and that. It wasn't a good couple of games. It really wasn't. So, very frustrating. There might be some more in here, because I actually didn't even do the hashtag yet. I actually used just the, uh, <laughs> the, the mention bit here. The computer is not responding the way I want it to. I might end up having to switch my venue here very soon, pardon me. Now, now it's starting to work very gradually. Oh, 
just click on it and then go from there. And you get the spinning wheel crap. Okay, there you go. There's Tom Haynes there. And then there's flow from progressive. That's interesting. Of course, yeah. <laughs> Tom Haynes there. Brian Herrera. Here we go. What would you give up to get Eichel? Uh, I think you know how I feel about that at this moment. Yeah. I'm not... I, I'm, I think I'm on Bill Guerin. Like, I think I'm reading the way Bill Guerin was saying it. He's not in a huge rush. He wants to build through the draft and such. That way you don't spend a trillion dollars on like a huge contract and you give up a ton of draft picks and your prospects. You kind of clear, you know, clear out your farm for the guy. Dumbo would ha Dumbo would be in the deal for sure to free up space for uh, obviously our, our two nice young prospects there on the right side defensively. I'm not, I'm terrified to give up Fiala, Rossi, or Boldy. I'm terrified to give them up, but talk is they'd want both, or they'd want two of the three and potentially multiple picks. I think I'm out. I, I just think I'm out. I might sound crazy. You might think, like, why would you say that, Joey? That's a franchise center. I think I'm out. It sounds, it's just, it's, if you're going to get Jack Eichel, you know, you just, unfortunately, a guy like that, you probably have to get him through the draft. Or just, you have so many prospects, and it's time to win immediately. And he's the perfect fit. He'd be a great fit for the Wild. It's just so expensive. It scares the crap out of me. That's the thing. I, I just think I'm out. I'm terrified to do it. Um, I might be just a jackass for saying that, but uh, I'm terrified to do it, honestly. Uh, sorry if I'm talking so quiet here. Maybe try not to make too much noise because it's late here, and uh, obviously in Golden Valley, Minnesota right now. I think that was everything. I just want to make absolute sure. I'm literally scrolling as I'm talking here, looking to wrap up the show, if there aren't any more. But those of you that commented, thank you so much. Yeah, Mike, always love when Mike talks. Uh, Mike tweets as well, and he's, uh, he has a few times. Uh, Mokov... 65. Awesome. I'm not following you? Shame on me. What's up with that? I apologize. If not, I wasn't. That's dorky of me. I don't know if he's following either, but let's follow each other. Let's follow each other and keep talking wild, huh? <laughs> I thought I was following him. Shame on me. Maybe he got mad and unfollowed. I don't know. I'm just kidding. think I got to all these, though... Again, crease and assist. Wonderful, wonderful article from Derek Felska. That's where he writes uh, his blogs. He often writes the game reviews. His wife, Teresa Ferries, writes the game previews, but also Derek can write all kinds of things regarding the Minnesota Wild. He even wrote an article about a certain podcast host of Brave the Wild. What an awesome guy. I just really appreciate that. Uh, he's obviously been a guest on the show a couple times now and just just knows his hockey up and down. He does such a spectacular job. Great writer. Appreciate him so much for everything he does and brings to the game of hockey. And I appreciate all of you that include yourself on the show. It is, uh, you are so welcome. I mean, the red carpet is rolled out for you. The keys to the castle are yours. All that good stuff. You're so welcome on this show. Uh, at very minimum in fan interaction. It is so, no, so nice to hear from you guys that uh, interact with this show. It is so wonderful. Um, really appreciate all of it. I wish the Wild could get Eichel. I, I, I do, but it's going to cost a lot. It's probably going to cost too much. That, that's where I'm terrified. But if we can somehow get out of it with only giving up one of those big three of... Uh, Rossi is not on the table. 
Let's put it at that. Let's put it like that. I'm scared to trade Boldy, but maybe he's the most likely one, I guess. I'm scared to, because I'm scared to trade Fiala, too. He's a proven quantity now. Fiala's not of the, the lottery ticket I called him two years ago, and I thought he was he was like a lottery ticket. Like, yeah, he just might end up becoming a really good player, like Fenton was saying, but he hasn't yet. Yep. Uh, that was a that was a lottery ticket, that, that one. Uh, Fiala is a proven quantity. I think he's going to be great. He's going to continue to be great for this franchise. Eichel's probably a better overall player, but that's, again, you don't want to give up everything to get him. That's what I'm scared of. And I think Garen might be worried about that, too. Um, unless Buffalo's just ready to just move uh, part ways with uh, with him. From, I mean, if it's just Dumba in a first-round pick, I'd, I'd do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. But so would the rest of the planet, probably, in that case. They're probably not going to be dissatisfied with that. Maybe, maybe throw in Hovi, you know, Hovanov. <laughs> get a center back and watch him become the best center in the league in a couple of years at Buffalo, just because just because it'd be the most Minnesota thing ever. You know, like Rossi goes to Buffalo, he's the next uh, Steve Eiserman. Yeah. Okay, so let's wrap up the show. I'm talking way too much now, but I, I, I enjoyed it, and I miss being behind the mic doing the show. It's been about three weeks, so kind of catching up for lost time. That's why I'm rambling like an old man here at 12.05 a.m., and that's the clock I'm looking at right now. Uh, <laughs> uh, final thoughts here are again just well not final thoughts but want to give out the uh, contact details at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account facebook.com forward slash Brave the Wild dot Minnesota is the, t- the Facebook page MNW Prospects at MNW Prospects is the Twitter account definitely give that a follow it's extremely popular and the Facebook page facebook.com forward slash MNW followers I'm also very proud to be a part of God Puck Wild though I haven't ridden in forever I need to write about it again maybe talking about uh, the wild shouldn't give up the farm or something like that that's what I'm kind of thinking right now uh, in, a, in a trade but if we can make a trade that makes sense then okay uh, trades are hard to do you know, you don't want to kill yourself. That's the one thing. Um, so with that, again, major shout-outs to Minnesota Wild Global, Minnesota Wild Nation. Thank you. Both of your web pages are so fantastic on Facebook. You guys are awesome. Patrick Turner, Scott Cavendish, Chad Walski, Chance Costick, David Costick, Kathy Main, David Abraham, you know, uh, Michael Fick, there's so many awesome people on there. Uh, Jamie's also on there. Uh, and I appreciate all of you on Twitter that have been so great as well. <clears throat> Pardon me. MNW Prospects, you got uh, Pavel Bennett, who runs it. He's, he's, the, he's the main guy, of course. Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, awesome, awesome guys. Brandon Quast writes. Uh, Justin Bakke is a co-host on Sound the Fog Orange podcast. Just, they all do such a great job. Justin Bakke obviously loves the prospects. I mean, we all do on MNW Prospects. Because there was always, like, who's the next, who's the guy that's going to save the franchise? You know, who, who's who's it going to be? And we kept following Kaprizov, 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 and he finally came, and here he is, and he's saving the franchise. But who are the other guys that are going to help him save the franchise and turn this into a championship contender for the next 10-plus years and keep us there? And then guys after that, and guys after that, the Rossies, the Boldies, and, you know, guys later and later on in the future that we don't know yet. It's going to be exciting, and we, that's why we that's why we have that page. We just love doing it so much. 
Uh, unfortunately, I, my coverage has not been, uh, I've not been active on the page this year because the two leagues that I was covering, the Q, as they call it, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the BCHL were inactive this year. But we'll be back to work in the fall, I gotta think. They, they better be, they better be back rolling again since we're opening up all over the country and, oh, Canada, let's go, come on, Canada, open up a little bit here. <laughs> With that said, again, please give a positive rating on iTunes, Stitcher, or Audible. Those are the three avenues you can give positive ratings for this podcast if you'd like to. If you would, I'd really appreciate it. I'll give you a big thank you on the air. I appreciate so much of uh, so much when you do that and the kind words that uh, Brian Herrera gave about the show on Twitter. You know, just thank you. It's been nice being able to, to, to get to know you a bit on Twitter and uh, really appreciate it. Really appreciate the kind thoughts. With that said, hope you have a wonderful couple of days. Hope you have a wonderful weekend and we have a wonderful series against the Vegas Golden Knights. Wild win in seven. With that said, take care. Go wild.